Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 22 minutes past one on uh, Life Happens uh, with me, Khomoto Keiji Mwegeti, in for Pimelo Modena, leading the conversation on SAFM. We want to talk now about the importance of preserving indigenous languages in South Africa. Remember, yesterday was uh, Reconciliation Day, and the president, President Cyril Ramaphosa, delivered the keynote address at the commemoration of the National Day of Reconciliation, uh, the 16th of December 2019, under the theme, The Year of Indigenous Languages, supporting national reconciliation through the promotion, development and preservation of indigenous languages and emphasizes the significance of indigenous languages in line with the United Nations General Assembly's proclamations for 2019. And how how well are we doing, if at all, in terms of preserving our indigenous languages? Because uh, there's an article that came out uh, written by Yoli Sosobua on the Times newspaper where she was asserting that the Department of Basic Education is saying most of the teachers that are in South Africa currently are not even trained to teach in an African language. Let's talk to Debo Hobuntu, who is a director at Ubukosini Solutions. Uh, Debo, thank you so much for your time. Let's start by asserting how important are South Africa's indigenous languages and how well are we doing in preserving them? Uh, KG Dumela and the SAFM listeners. Um, I think it is important. Uh, it's important to to teach and to learn uh, South African languages. But at the moment, I don't think we are doing very well because uh, right now we have a, a whole lot of uh, young, uh, small children that are growing up right now, like totally not even speaking their languages, which is just uh, a concern that. We cannot. We we keep on saying that uh, uh, indigenous languages are important and they they need to be developed and promoted. But uh, it's like you know, there are two there are two spaces that are not talking together. Uh, together. Like especially especially the school and the home where the language has to be taught and has to be taking place. Uh, most of the time, right now, we still see that uh, the parents, most of the parents. African parents have, uh, are having it difficult for the, to have their children learning their languages at school because most of the school they still use English as the medium of uh, of learning and teaching. Mm. You say that we are currently not doing well, and you know we know that the Department of Basic Education in itself is saying a lot of the teachers are not trained to teach in African languages. In fact, they say mm. the ones that they do have cannot even go beyond grade three. Who is it that is not doing well? Is it the responsibility of the Department of Basic Education to preserve our languages or is it a societal issue? Are we as parents saying, no, let the school be the ones who teach them, but when they come back from school, we'll engage with them in English? I think it's a very complex issue, Komoto, because when you look at it, uh, um, most of uh, right now, the, uh, most of the time, the children spend it at school, mm. and the children spend and uh, parents spend a little time with their children. So it has to be a conversation that takes place. Uh, uh, takes place between the school and the uh, 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 and the and the home, 
where the children, when they learn from school, they can be able to continue also to use the language at home. But at the moment, it's still uh, uh, one of the challenges. And also when the issue of teachers, I think maybe for a long time, the issues of uh, African languages have been neglected for a long time, not been seen as important. Therefore, uh, I think uh, it, it, is a, it, is a, it is important that the training that takes place, it takes place in, in, in a way that the teachers are also... Uh, uh, being trained to to know and understand how to teach the language. And when they are doing that, it, they will be able to teach it in the way that even the children themselves, when they learn the language, they see the value. Because most of the things, most of the, uh, uh, most of the time, the challenging thing is that when you learn something, you want to learn something because you see a value on that thing. But then when you just learn the language for the sake of learning it, you, and you don't see the value of learning the language, I don't know how much you can make someone to develop a strong interest on that. Yeah. But then, you know, some are saying that, you know, here we are saying that we're confronting the legacy of colonialism, we're confronting the legacy of apartheid. Uh, but in the end, you know, languages, even the indigenous languages of South Africa, uh, some languages are more equal than others. In fact, some are saying we don't even seem to care about the earliest inhabitants of the country, uh, who are the Khoisan people. Why is it that some languages are more equal than others? Oh, um, <laughs> okay, I think some languages, it, it, the, the issue of uh, the other languages being seen as uh, more important, it's also the systematically and institutionally how things are being put where other 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 languages and a language remember it goes also with knowledge mm. language don't go on its own it is a encompass uh, uh, language is a vehicle of knowledge so uh, there are some there's some certain languages and certain knowledge that are seen as more important and superior and and others are seen as more inferior and and, and, and and the issue of why, what are, one of the things that makes other languages to be looked at as more uh, 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 more superior mm. it is it's an issue of domination and power mm. and how consti- uh, uh, the, 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 like uh, how are they formulated uh, the, those languages how were they made and supported systematically for them to dominate. Like, uh, I can just give an example. Mm. If you make a particular language like English as a, a language of, uh, of opening opportunities to get employment, obviously that language is going to be more superior than other languages. And this takes us back to what you were saying about the issues of uh, the people like the Khoi and the Sun. If their languages are not brought into a spaces and being promoted and made people be aware of them, they they will literally die because the language when it's not used it dies. Yeah. So yeah. other languages they die and become not equal because they are not being used. They are not being valued to see their importance and how they share the knowledge and the know-how within the society. Yeah. Twenty nine minutes past one. Just in case you just joined the conversation, we are in conversation with Debu Hobuntu, who is a director at the Ebu Kosini Solutions. And uh, if you do want to join the conversation, by the way, our studio number 0891-104207. You can also SMS us on the numbers 40938. That SMS costs you a rand 50. Or you can uh, WhatsApp us about uh, 60 seconds long WhatsApp on 061-410-4107. We have a caller on the line, KGM from Kimberley. Your thoughts. Welcome. 
Uh, good afternoon, uh, KG, and good afternoon to to your <coughs> your guest. Look, uh, the, the people complicated. In fact, let me not say people as especially indigenous people. We we complicate things that are not supposed to be complicated. The issue of languages shouldn't be a complex issue like your guest is, is saying. It should be the simplest of issues that we, we need to handle. The reason why you are struggling to, to answer to, to these questions, uh, Mama, is because you you have no choice but to, to, to toe the line as per the system dictates. Now, I, I'm, I'm the Khoisan uh, descendants, as, as, as you, ju- you just alluded. We are not just not recognized in, in as far as languages is concerned. Even us as people, I mean, if you take, uh, for instance, uh, the, any official forms in South Africa, do you see anywhere where we're supposed to take? There's nothing you won't see there. Now, it goes deeper than that. The only best way of suppressing any nation or any people anywhere in the world is, is to, to take away their, their language. <coughs> language goes hand in glove with tradition, with culture, and so forth. Now, the solution is, is not... With, with with us talking big English in, in the radio and, and making mm. promises and pretending like we know what we don't know. There, there's no oppressor who's going to allow or give the oppressed uh, their freedom for free. It's not going to happen. And I'm not saying we should fight. Maybe the war that we need to, to have is the, the war against and with ourselves. In a sense that KG... I'm the very one who's going to have a problem with you um, systematically. If you were to speak Sesotho or Sepe, now, that license, did we wake up and think uh, it, it's going to make e- things easy for us to converse in our traditional or, or our indigenous languages? Which radio station do you have? Which is a talk radio in this country, commercial and, and public? We don't have. Now, the only way, if we want to have knowledge, as, as your guest rightfully pointed out, is to go to where knowledge is being disseminated. Mm-hmm. But we are here in SAFM. What kind of knowledge is being disseminated here? Okay. Can, can, lastly, am I, am I free to speak my idioms as an indigen, indigenous person without distorting it by forcing to be explained in English? No. Okay, you've made your point and thank you very much for your call. That's KGM in Kimberley. I'm looking at um, a WhatsApp on the screen now. Uh, uh, you didn't say your name, but it's an interesting WhatsApp. It reads, I heard a small Kosa boy say the other the other day that he can only speak Kosa and he can't spell Kosa. His reason was that he goes to a school where they only teach English and Afrikaans, a former Model C school. As a colored person, I feel a longing for my ancestral language and not this European language. For me, Afrikaans is not my language. It's the language of my oppressor. The naive must wake up. And I bring you back into uh, the conversation uh, because they're saying we can't even fully express ourselves, you and me, as black Africans. We can't use our idioms because the license that has been given to this uh, particular radio station that we currently are conversing on demands that we speak in um, the English language. I go back to the koi. Uh, the ones that we've even completely forgotten. What should we even be doing to preserve the Khoisan language? 
Um, like I say that uh, uh, the language is an issue of, uh, of of knowledge, and also it's not also um, uh, especially. I mean, right now, if I have to talk about the situation of the queer and the same people and their language, it is also even to recognize their existence. Yeah. Because uh, to start with, we can just not talk about their language is not uh, removed from their identity yeah. and, uh, and themselves where they are. Because uh, and when when we even find the situation that uh, we exclude uh, their languages or we don't even recognize them, that means we don't even recognize them as people. Mm, because mm. Uh, because it does even goes deeper that I mean there are always even debate about uh, the queer and the sun not even uh, on some point where they are even divided between uh, 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 it's like they are not even Africans to start yeah, with. Yeah. So the issue of preserving their language for me just goes more than even just only their language, but even recognizing their existence themselves yeah. as people. And when we do that, we recognize their, their knowledge, their, 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 their know-how, their practices, and that goes with the languages that they, they use to, to, to communicate, to articulate what they know and what it means for them. And by do, and, and, and it's a responsibility of, so of, the, of the government, it's a responsibility of people in the society, but all when they understand also the history in the proper way, what, what happened and how, what all these things should be done. By doing that, we will, it is through promoting and developing and ensuring that they are being validated and they also come to being given a space to come and validate themselves because there's the dangerous thing that we can do is also to talk on behalf of people as if like we don't, they don't know how to talk for themselves on what they want and how they want Yeah, it. I want to go back to that uh, WhatsApp that I read earlier. I'm sure you heard me when I was reading it about the child who says, you know, I can I can hear, I can speak Kosa, but I cannot spell Kosa. And, you know, most of it is driven by where I go to school, where they only teach me in English. English and Afrikaans, right? And the person even yes. even further goes on education, notwithstanding, of course, the challenges that they currently have. Why is it important uh, for the pres- for the purposes of the preservation of indigenous languages for pupils, particularly at basic education level, to be taught in the indigenous languages? Um, it has been researched uh, several times in many uh, uh, studies that. Uh, for example, the children, when they learn more than one language, it even helps them cognitively, uh, uh, cognitively it assists them in learning. Mm. And also the children, when they learn different languages, they started even to, exp- it, that helps them to expand to see the world mm. in in different ways, because language gives you an understanding of certain knowledge and certain worlds and, and, and views. So it is important that when, when we do that on children, we are giving them an opportunity to see uh, uh, beyond small small part of, of, of the things that they are being made to see. For example, uh, 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 imagine on the time of the, of the homeland, even how the challenges come later on with people who grew up in the homeland where, for example, people who were staying in, in Putatswana, just learning Setswana. Mm. Coming to Johannesburg, where you find that there is a, people are multilingual, sometimes it's not easy for you to adapt even to, 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 to belong in that space. But when you look at people who grew up in the township, they are 
it's like they, it's like they even uh, 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 get more opportunities, mm-hmm. much more better. Yes, because they're multilingual. It's a so world it's in one space. Uh, the township. Exactly. Yeah. Let's exactly. let's take exactly. a caller. Let's take a caller. Uh, when at Debucho, we've got a caller. Mzi is in Port Elizabeth. Mzi, uh, good afternoon and welcome. Afternoon, KG. I'm following on from KGM, who knows me very well. Um, language. France, uh, writing in France, says language is an appropriateness to culture. Mm. Okay? If you speak any language, then that will inform me that you like your culture. Mm. Right? Now, in South Africa, education system that is obviously in a mess doesn't seem to understand it. Now, if you have studied at a higher level curriculum and pedagogy, which I did, you will find that one of the cognitive theorists, Lev Gregorsky, a Russian psychologist, is mentioning that, that when you are teaching a child in an early age, right, you need to teach that child in their own mother language. Mm. Now, during apartheid, I learned in thought at that time with sub A, sub B, blah, 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 blah. In today's grade, it will be grade one. Until grade six, Mm. We were taught in Isikosa, right? Mm. We were taught even biology, Isikosa, in Chizio, in Amagumbi, Amane, meaning the heart has got four um, openings, your mm. left oracle, blah, 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 blah. Mm. You know, a friend of mine also paid during apartheid. I'm not trying to say apartheid was better. No, 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 no. Mm. We, think, we think we have thrown the baby with the bathwater. Mm. So Vincent Titus, as early as in the early 80s, he studied Africans in Africans, in a color school, right in PE, from grade A up to grade 12. You know what happened? When he went to Rhodes University, the medium of language of learning and instruction was in English. Mm. He did not struggle at all because cognitively he could understand concepts, mm. even though they were in English, because his brain was schooled in his own mother tongue. It is very important, you know. Again, in Cape Town, the white students, studying medicine at Stellenbosch University in the Belgium campus. We're studying Bachelor of Medicine, Bachelor of Chemistry in their own mother tongue called Genies Kende, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A study of medicine. You know what happens? Whenever you are studying in your own language, even at a higher level, cognitively, concepts become easier. Yeah. Now, this basically thing to teach us, they must code switch, right? Teaching English in whatever the mother tongue of, uh, to those children who are begging to understand English in the first place, yeah. begging to understand their own mother tongue in the second place, because that mother tongue is not being taught at an early age. Okay. So we're made, I think you've made your point, Mzi. I get the crux of everything that you're saying. Thank you so much uh, for your call. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we will come back to wrap up this conversation we're having with uh, Debbie Hobuntu, who is from the Ebu Kosini Solutions. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Welcome back to Life Happens with Mihomoto Keiji Mwekezi leading the conversation, of course, on SAFM. We're talking the preservation of indigenous languages, and we were in conversation with Debo Hobuntu from the Ebukosini Solutions. But we also have a caller on the line, Nkosi um, in Kezel. And I think I know that in Kezel, and they don't say Nkosi, they say Nkosi. Good afternoon, Nkosi. Yes, Nkosi. Good afternoon. How are you? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. What are your, what's I'm very, your thank thoughts? You. Yes, my thoughts, you know, uh, the topic you're talking about is very close to my heart. You know, uh, I'll just, uh, just a, few, a few seconds. I, I, I'm one of the few guys, you know, when the model schools opened up their doors to blacks, 
my parents thought that they were doing me a favor when they took me to those schools, you know. So from standard six to matric, I went into this English African school where I had to learn Afrikaans. You know, I had come from a township school. I can understand Afrikaans, I can speak Afrikaans, but now when I look back now, as old as I am, there's a language I lost, idioms, you know, Zulu idioms, Izaka, all those things, I lost out on those things. So even if I'm on the street and someone is saying, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I was deprived the chance to learn the language that I could have learned, you know, the Zulu language, my own language, and I speak this foreign language. When I look back, I did history in that school. It was a modern school. We were taught about the Anfan Ripik and the Dutch. When I look back now, how is all that going to assist me? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think intertwined with language, there is culture, there is lifestyle. So I think, you know, looking back now, I wish my parents had left me where I am, you know. But yeah. I know they were trying to do the best, but I think we take our children to these schools and they lose their language with language comes culture you yeah. know you can't separate you, you the two. basically Nkosi, feel completely detached from your culture and I do and, and I your, do. your parents at the time thought they were giving you uh, the best that uh, they could give you but in the end you've ended up uh, with some of your identity taken away from you your point has been made thank you for your call we also have thank you very much thank you Nkosi. we also have a, a voice note let's hear what they're saying Good afternoon, KG. My name is Sarah Mabula in Lepalale. People that speak English, you know, you look at kids, anyone for that matter who's twanging in the language and, and saying all those things in the pronunciation that people love, have been made to look as stars. We are glamorizing them. And equally, we are looking down upon people who do the same in their indigenous languages. I mean, if someone comes here and starts using idioms, we look at those people and identify them as backwards. This is the big problem that we have. And it starts in our homes where uh, people say, look at this kid, it's so cute when the kid is using English and is struggling to speak their mother tongue. So it starts at home. It's something that we can talk about at the top. But if at home parents decide that they don't want their kids to understand English like they do any other language, then there's nothing much we can do. Very, very point there uh, that he's making. But I think let's round off, uh, Debucho, as as we round off, uh, because I think, in fact, it's a great way to round off. It starts in the home. That voice note, that last voice note was, uh, we glamorize. We're the ones. Society glamorizes people who speak good English. Uh, you've achieved if you speak good English. But in the end, we're forgetting the importance of preserving the things that make us who we are. You, you know, it's uh, I'm here. I'm here, Commodore. Mm. It, it's true. It starts in the home, but at the same time, like I said, that this issue it becomes complex. Sometimes it, it can look as simply not. It can look like it's simple, but uh, uh, it starts at home with the parents. But the parents are also challenged. Like I said, that they are challenged by 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 uh, the school and and the workplace. Mm. I mean, those play, there are so many external factors that also forces parents to make certain decisions. And most of the parents, some of them, they are not, they are not even happy about those decisions. And they are very aware what that means to their children. Mm. But they find themselves, like I said, in the crossroads that they are not sure what way to do, to go and how to do this. For me, my my, my conclusion is. Uh, 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 there has to be a continuous uh, conversation and understanding of making this issue of language become uh, um, 
the same understanding from home to school. Mm. Because at the end of the day, if the, like I said, well, if the school also assists with that, it will be easier for the continuation of the language from school to home. So it's both uh, 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 spaces. Home and school have to talk and they have to have a good conversation and understanding. Fantastic. We'll leave it there. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Deborah Hobuntu is director at Ebu Kosini Solutions. In fact, I'm thinking of Huma Sikela, one of the things, uh, because Huma Sikela, if you cared to listen to him, outside of just his music, his interviews, his teachings, he would always uh, talk about the importance of preserving language and how if we don't do it one day, it will just dissipate and it will disappear. And we will talk about it like something that happened in the past. It's time for our Kids Corner. And uh, today uh, we asked these little ones, I'm sure they're going to speak in English, as uh, KGM said earlier on, you know, it's the license of the radio station that says we should speak in English. We asked them, if you could give one gift, because it's Christmas, right? If you could give one gift to every single child in the whole wide world, what would you give and why?